Valvoline instant oil change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. Valvoline's convenient, no appointment needed. You can even stay in your car while they do the work. You have to sit in some waiting room, you know? Mm -hmm. Their friendly certified technicians have over 270 hours of training and they get you in and out fast while performing a thorough free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. We got someone here who just experienced this, our own Aaron Blair. Blair, well, how was it? It was awesome. I took my Jeep uh, jock jams in and got a sweet oil change. And uh, and I actually brought a book because I thought it would take a while. And uh, they had me in and out in like 15 minutes. It was awesome. Well, also, you should point out, you can't read. I can't. So, But I wanted people to <laughs> you, think I could. Yeah, but I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, maybe somebody hot is there. And they're like, literate. oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, and then, then you know, now I've, I'm, I got a date. Yeah, yeah I don't but, think that's, uh, that's not how people meet each other. Didn't, didn't have time for that. Yeah, so if you see Blay driving around in his beautifully oiled jock jams, <laughs> give him the old thumbs up. <laughs> or throw a tangerine at him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Valvoline, they're doing it right. Visit valvoline.com slash Conan for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. (laughs) Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And- uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Hi, my name is Leah Delaria and I am... Gagging to be Conan O'Brien's friend. <laughs> so many ways to take that. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. A friendly little podcast, in my opinion. With uh, you, you, uh, you just got done insulting me, and you're calling this a friendly little podcast. <laughs> I Wait, I that was off mic. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You're bringing up stuff that happened off mic. How petulant of you! Things that happen off mic didn't happen. Do you understand? Um, yeah. No, all I did was make a joke that your newborn uh, daughter wants nothing to do with you, and wrote me a crudely written hand, uh, you know, note. That she, uh, you know, wanted you out of uh, her life. And she wrote it in what? What was it? I said she wrote it in uh, her own spit up. Yeah. And then um, that's all I did was basically say the center of your life now, your newborn, uh, uh, you know, daughter, your first child despises you. All I did was say that. (laughs) Yeah. Then I I started the podcast and you drag that just quick little, I call it a quip. 
onto the air. Yeah, I want it on record for the tribunal you'll have to face one day. Mm-hmm. There'll be no tribunal. There will be no just, tribunal. Just mob? Yeah. If you, if it, it's pretty clear there are no consequences in this country anymore for anything. So it's... <laughs> so trust me, uh, I think I am free. I think uh, I will never be prosecuted for these crimes. Um, anyway, I interrupted. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was just saying we have a friendly little <laughs> podcast here. And then you suddenly exploded okay. in rage. That's Matt Gorley, our producer. Of course, Sonam Obsession joining me here. Hi. And um, Sona sent me some lovely pictures of your uh, of your of your ch- your twins, and they are dressed up uh, for. Christmas, because I guess you're sending out a Christmas card. I am. Yeah, they look hilarious. Yeah, they do. They do look fun. I love it when, um, my favorite thing is when little kids uh, wear adult outfits. Yeah. Now, that's not the case with, in your photo, they're dressed up in these cute little Christmas outfits. But my favorite thing is every now and then I'll see like a two-year-old and they're wearing jeans (laughs) and a button-up shirt and a leather jacket <laughs> that has like a fl- just what you that wear. has like a flight patch on the side, you know. <laughs> it says uh, like they they flew a jet in the Korean War. I just Top it cracks gun. me up for some reason. Like who would you know? Oh, this this child now is nine months. Yeah, we, uh, I do that all the time. We got to get some cowhide on that child. <laughs> it just always seems obscene to me. No, it's fun. They're your dolls. Yeah, we just ordered some lingerie for our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do love the holidays. So I just was up in Seattle visiting my wife's family. Oh, I like it there nice. because my body. <laughs> what was that segue? I just, I know. Whatever. From, I, I, I wanted to mention something, and and from baby lingerie to I was in Seattle. Yeah. Well, I don't want to <laughs> talk about baby lingerie. I, I, maybe that was. Maybe I did the right thing, getting us away from. <laughs> yeah, that probably. Hey, let's probably. sexualize babies, or. I can tell you about Seattle. I'm starting to understand my daughter's letter to you. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Seattle visiting my wife's uh, family, uh, and uh, they are regular listeners, by the way. Oh, no. So, yeah, shout out. Oh. To, no, no, they are. Shout out to the Powells in uh, in Seattle. They are lovely people. They put on a great Thanksgiving uh, feast for us all, and I had a really good time. And I love being in Seattle, as yeah. you know, because my genetic structure- insists that I be in a cold, wet climate. Yeah. And um, my body is screaming at me all the time I'm in Los Angeles, get away, get away, get away. And then when I'm up in uh, what basically is Northern Ireland, (laughs) AKA Seattle, uh, I'm very zen. I really love it there. And isn't the people there, are very nice. Isn't there, this is going to be a downer. Isn't there just a high suicide rate because of the weather in Seattle? Only when I'm in town. <laughs> suicide rates peak when I show up. People are so upset you're there. They... Well, no, I didn't say there was any linkage. They oh. just said that there's a huge spike when I show up in town. Oh, wow. That's yeah. why during Thanksgiving while you were gone, I just wanted to live. <laughs> also, Rates plummet in LA when I leave. Yeah. Um, but I had an interesting moment where I was in the airport and, uh, you know, you go through, you, you have your bags and you you check them in. My wife and I had, and kids had bags that we had to check in because we brought different stuff. We had brought bigger bags. We couldn't we couldn't bring them on the airplane. So we uh, were checking the bags in and the guy said, hey, uh, I just want to thank you. Uh, he's the guy that was checking our bags and he said, I want to thank you. You've been, uh, you've been, speaking truth to power for a long time and you brought down a lot of really bad dudes, huh? you know, with your truth telling on the air. And I thought, 
He has the wrong guy. I know. Who do you think you have, are? I don't know. I have Larry never King? I have never spoken truth to power. What? I've been foolish and silly around power, but it was just really he and he really I couldn't say anything. I didn't want to say, sir, I think you have the wrong person because he was so happy to meet me. And he just said, you've taken a lot, you've taken down a lot of strong, a, a lot of like bad men. What? Um, yeah. And he went on and on about uh, how I'm like a crime fighter with my career on television. And I didn't say anything and then walked away and felt bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, so didn't, he literally didn't speak yeah, truth Yeah, he basically to him. just thanked Captain Crunch for all the good he's done. <laughs> I don't even know who he would have confused Maybe you with. Maybe he's talking about know. Stephanie Powers. I don't know who he thought I was, but uh, somewhere in Seattle, there's a guy who really idolizes me because I brought down the mob. Oh. <laughs> anyway, very happy. That's uh, cool. Yeah, my guest today is a uh, hilarious comedian, musician, and actress who starred in the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Now you can see her in the film Potato Dreams of America and in the documentary The Lesbian Bar Project. I wish I was in that. Anyway, uh, she also executive produced The Lesbian Bar Project, which is very cool. I'm thrilled she's with us today. Leah Delaria, welcome. I think I'd be a good drag queen. Um, oh. I think. What? No? Let's come up with a drag queen name for Conan right now. Uh, on, Dolores just... Park. Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps. <laughs> hey, Sona. Oh, because of the that ginger. Was... That's good. It was very, um, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Damn, I like that. Thank you. I don't know. I'm tall and I think I'm a very, um, my mom, I look exactly like my mom and my mom in her heyday was a very attractive woman and I think I'm a very attractive woman. Um, no, you, you don't think, think so? that being someone who's attracted to women, I'm going to take the fifth. <laughs> That's very nice. That's, um, just gotta just you're going to listen, back on this. you just need a few drinks <laughs> <laughs> you, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, first of all, I'm very delighted that you're, that you're here because you really make me laugh. You're very talented and you and I have always hit it off. You've come on the show. I'm sorry. Hear, hear me out. That was not you falling asleep. You brought a very small buzzsaw with you. <laughs> And you were doing some. You were. You were well, doing I some am a lesbian. And I try to carry those power tools. With you have so many tools with you right now. You just you go it. with the cliche, not against the cliche. <laughs> Every time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had a great joke. What is it? What is it? What is uh, on a second date? Oh, what, what is a lesbian bring on a second date? A U-Haul. <laughs> <laughs> that's my joke. Yeah, that's my joke. I love that joke. Uh, so fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> Second date that quickly. Oh my god, they just mash immediately. (laughs) You know, and I'm always standing there in complete amazement. I don't understand why you guys do this. It's very odd. But lesbians are basically are never last in a relationship very long. They just they kind of are serial monogamous, and it's because they literally move in together on the second date. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. This is all stuff I can learn about. You know, I met you. You came on the show, on my show, with the cast of uh, Orange is the New Black, Mm -hmm. and you told me this great story. You said Jason Biggs asked you if being on the show helped you get women, and your response was fantastic. Yeah, like I needed needed a hit show to get pussy straight boy. (laughs) (laughs) So from there, right from that moment, I thought, oh, you and I are going to get along great. And then- (laughs) 
you came back on your own and we had a fantastic time, which ended with us scatting together. And I don't even, so much I don't even scat, but that became a very popular clip on our show. Um, so much You fun. pushed me to uh, heights or depths that I didn't know I could reach. <laughs> But um, I forgot, you know, I had known that you were a talented uh, musician and vocalist and I didn't, but I didn't know how good you were. And that was a big part of your life. Oh yeah. Up. I started, I start my, my, my father, Katakai was. <laughs> Please say it's really Katakai. <laughs> yeah. My father's name is Katakai. Uh, my father. <laughs> no, his oh, name oh is not Katakai. Are you familiar I, with the Katakai I am, riff? Why do you think oh I am? Because it was possible. I'm so happy. I was going to faint. Do you know how, do you know that that name follows me around? I told a story on this podcast that involves the name Katakai and we're, and, and the phrase is Katakai as God made her. And I go, and so I was just in San Francisco in an airport. James Lipton. And James Lipton was there. Yeah. And 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 he said. The ghost of James Lipton. And I was, and he had 35 index cards of questions. And. No, I was in an airport and I hear Katakai as God made her. And it's this woman pointing at me, screaming at it across the baggage carousel at San Francisco airport. Oh, wow. And whenever people do it now, I just oh I just bow to them. And oh, so anyway, so I'm so funny. glad you worked that in. Um, oh, yeah, I had to work that immediately. No, my father's name was Robert. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> my from now, in my now mind, the, he's Katakai, yeah. From, from now on, my siblings will refer to my father as Katakai because I got that in there. Um, but yeah, he was a jazz musician. And so he literally taught me how to sing and he would take me with him to gigs yeah. uh, when I was a kid. You know what I mean? So that way, the you know the guys could go smoke weed while I was on stage. <laughs> just, you know the way jazz musicians do. Hey, kid! Oh, really? You think I have talent? No, we just want to smoke weed. <laughs> just get up there and do twenty minutes. That should fill the bill. And this is—is is this in Illinois? Is this where you grew yeah, up? Yeah, East St. Louis, Illinois, and St. Louis, uh, Missouri. That's you know where he played. Right, and yeah. so um, you're doing that. And when did you figure out? Uh, wait a minute. I think I'm funny. Was that something you knew right away? The, right away. Everyone in my family is fun, funny. Yeah. Everybody in my family is funny. My mother was had a very, very, very dry sense of humor. And my dad was a big goofball. And it, we're very loud. We're very Italian. No one can get a fucking word in edgewise. Good luck. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm the quietest one. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fantastic. Of the siblings, I'm the quietest I love that. You're the, you're the introvert. <laughs> you're the quiet, bookish introvert. That would be me. And yeah, so- yeah, I figured out it was funny. And also, I, again, I talked about this on your show. It, Catholic school was it. If I could make the nuns laugh, they wouldn't hit me because I went to school when nuns would just beat the crap out of you. Right. You know? I went to, um, once a week, I would get Catholic instruction and there were the nuns with the full nun outfits. I went to a regular public school and then once a week, we all had to go and get this Catholic instruction up at this, at the top of this tall hill. It was called the Cenacle and all these <laughs> nuns were there, but no nun ever hit me. I never got hit by a nun. That's crazy. You were taught by them and they never touched you? They never, yeah. No nun ever slapped me around. Oh my I have God. To, yeah. So I don't know if they were just- Nuns would practice hitting on me. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> here's a ruler. Does that hurt? Okay, now let's try the yardstick. Does that hurt? <laughs> Wait, let's get the broom. How about that? Does that hurt? <laughs> You know, they, were, they were testing wood density on you. Always <laughs> doing that, yeah. So you're a very lucky person. I was. Because I was fortunate. They were very much into corporal punishment. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I went to school. And so you could use humor as a way to get out of trouble. Always did, as much as I could. Yeah. 
started in grade school, carried on into high school, into college, left college. And then when I went to San Francisco and they were doing this thing called Gay Open Mic Comedy Night, um, I thought that's interesting because I wanted to be a stand-up and I tried going to the comedy clubs, but I felt a lot of pushback in, in those days. You know, because I looked. What year is this? Because well, basically, I looked like a man, so um, right. I was getting a lot of pushback, like for wearing a tie, for example, or right, something right. like that. And this was what in you, the early eighties. Early eighties. Early eighties, okay. like nineteen eighty one, eighty two. So really, so it's not even in San Francisco. It's not oh, progressive yeah. at that point. Not at the comedy clubs. Absolutely not. Wow. Okay. So somebody started this gay comedy night, and I thought, great. And I went and um, went and did it. And I love telling this because I told this to Rosie O'Donnell. And she was like, sure. no way. And I went, I, the first time I went out, I just killed. Yeah. I killed. I was supposed to do 10 minutes. I was on stage for like 20 minutes. And every time I tell that to a comic, they're like, you're fucking lying. I'm not. I killed. But there's two ways that that happens. I have heard about comedians, and it's rare, who kill the first time. Mm-hmm. And then they bomb the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth time. Never and- bombed. Wow. Okay. I just, it was just one of those things. And I think if I had bombed, I might've thought more, been more hesitant about leaving my day job as a construction worker and just going at it full time. Right. And uh, I didn't. And that was it. So that was, believe it or not, April 20th. So 420, yeah. 1982 was when I walked out on stage as a stand up comic for the first time. And so you hit the ground running and you never look back. Never look back. I haven't had a day job since. Okay. I'm just going to point out that you're drinking more water than anyone I've talked to (laughs) in a while. You keep pouring water and drinking more water and making, I'm sorry, making a big show of it. I'm I'm being polite saying it's water. Okay. A giant thing of gin. (laughs) It is. Uh, I can say that I am very thirsty and I can say that I'm thirsty because I'm in this this musical that makes me work really hard and I drink a lot of water. You got to rehydrate for the vocalizations. It's... Somebody explain air conditioning to fucking Pasadena already. I mean, how hard? First of all, we're doing a musical at the Pasadena Playhouse. It's great fun. I hope you come see it, by the way. Okay. Head over heels. But, you know, it is in Pasadena. So let's say that the audience is, you know, Cocoon 3. <laughs> and <laughs> cocoon three meaning they they found the magical egg that makes them young. They lost it. They found it again. They lost it again, and then they found it again. It's kind of basically yeah. So they're really yeah. old, but they're still really old. And that cocoon is running out of juice. Yeah. yeah. So we got that going on for us, and then it's so hot in the theater. Uh, it's just incredibly hot. But they I think they're figuring it out. They kind of figured it out. We opened on one on Sunday, and I think they figured out now that uh, they need to turn the air conditioning on like basically yesterday to make sure that the theater is cool enough. It's so funny because uh, once, and this is, I swear this is true, um, I was talking to someone and we were doing, I was doing a show somewhere in Ch- at the Chicago theater or something. And there was a technical guy there and he was talking about the temperature. And he said, yeah, well, once you get all the blood bags in here, <laughs> um, the temperature will rise. And I said, what? What? And he went, you know, the audience. And I said, you refer to humans in the audience as blood bags? And that's all it was to this guy was, oh, you get you get about 3,000 blood bags in here and the temperature will come up. And I'm like, those are human beings like you. He's like, eh, nah, not me. They're blood bags. Oh my God, it's hilarious. I'm, I'm the air conditioning guy. I loved, I told this story to Alaska, who Alaska- 
5,000 now. It used to be Thunderfuck, so I have no idea why Alaska's last name is long, no longer Thunderfuck. Maybe I'll ask her. But uh, Alaska plays my queen and I play the king. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, this is one of my favorite quotes of all time, and it comes from Ethel Merman when she was in Gypsy. So we're talking in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Ethel Merman called the house manager and it said, you better throw another log on that air conditioner or get yourself another girl singer. <laughs> <laughs> she had to be like 80 years old calling herself a girl singer. Singer. It makes me so happy. I'm a girl singer, see? See? You better get another fire. One of those fire logs on there. Fast, see? <laughs> How do your Ethel Merman turn into Jimmy Cagney? Every, trust me, all my impressions turn into either Jimmy Cagney or, or, or Jimmy Stewart really fast. <laughs> Um, they morph very quickly. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll be doing Vladimir Putin and I'll be saying like, (laughs) now you see here, see? We're going to get you Biden, see? No one screws with Russia, see? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I like Evergy Robertson. I generally go, you know, who's your your messiah now? (laughs) (laughs) At a certain point when your impression just skews to that, no one cares. (laughs) No one cares anymore. And I love, I think I've talked about this before, but I love impressions that are completely out of time. No young person knows what you're talking about. But they laugh anyway because, you know, I'll be saying things like, yeah, now see here, you. You'll get yours, see? And they're just laughing. And they don't know what the hell it is. Absolutely. I did this, I do this joke because what's great about this particular show is they let me just ad lib. Right. So am I, and I, when I, did you ever see Spartacus? Yes. Okay, so you see, everybody's like, Spartacus, I'm in Spartacus. And then Tony Curtis is like, I'm a singer of songs. So <laughs> he's just Tony Curtis. So No the, attempt <laughs> to get rid of his-, his Brooklyn at all. Yes. 100% there. So King Basilius that I'm doing has a total, total New York accent. So he's like, everybody else is in like this, you know- Thing right. and I, and King Basilius is like you know uh, uh, um, let me t- I'm trying to think of a line I'm gonna bomb I'm gonna bomb tonight I've forgotten all my lines already. Uh, <laughs> this is a great sign. Yeah. You're drunk oh, on water. A horde of lusty bachelors or a horde of lusty bachelors paw the ground with great impatience, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're really going to, it's going to take a lot of suspension of disbelief. Oh, yeah. And I got the beard. And I got the What's the name thing. of the show? It's called Head Over Heels. It's Head Over Heels. I want to come see it. Yeah. Please come. It's a musical. It's it's based, it's all the music of the Go-Go's. So you'll know oh. every song in it. Right. It's a jukebox musical. So you've got so much going on right now. Um, and I'm going to talk about this, but I, I first wanted to talk to you about your experience with, because this, everyone has a completely different experience and- when I talk to you, I think, well, you're probably someone who came out f- probably fairly young. Or, yeah. Like, what would for be For my young, generation. For your generation, what would that be? 17. So that's very young. That's for very your- young for my generation. Most people in my generation don't come out until their late 20s, early 30s. Right. You know what I mean? I'm 63. I'm much older than I look. So, yeah. And now with blue hair, I'm way older than I look. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're much younger. Because <laughs> it's really blue. It's the kind of blue that a 16-year-old has. It's for the play. Yes, I know. it's for the play. But I'm, so- cu- but I'm curious, um, you know, that takes, I don't know if that was just, uh, I can't imagine that would be easy. I mean, we're talking about a completely different time. Is this late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, this was wow. late 70s. Yeah, late 70s. It was, it was illegal to be queer in every state of the union when I came out. That's that how is, much we've done. So, and you know, in the course of my lifetime, it's a lot. We've changed. We've changed things a lot. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to make jokes about it. 
But well, we okay. are still it... waiting for that, you know, 17-minute dance version of the Star-Spangled Banner. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of the gay agenda. It's one, it's one thing on the gay agenda that nobody ever talks about, but we want that 17-minute dance version of the Star-Spangled Banner. How would that go? Oh, say, can you? Something like that. <laughs> and whole breaks, yes, whole breaks for dancing. And just, then the flags start twirling. <laughs> you know, it's always good to have something still to aim for. You know, you yeah. don't want to be completely done. You know, you want that. You, you want that a little on the horizon. You know, every time we make, you know, every time we get something, we need a, we need to add something to the list. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I like that. I always want to affect a trade. I think it'd be great. Like. um, like Roy Cohn was a was was gay. Nobody wants him. Could we trade him for like Meryl Streep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Would that be because we all want Meryl to be gay? She's not. Right. Meryl right. is the farthest thing from a lead, but we all want her. So right. there are other people like that. I think. Well, J. Edgar Hoover. You know, yeah. we want to trade him too. Definitely. What? Who do we get for uh, uh, Derek Jeter? Ooh. <laughs> Let's take Derek Jeter. <laughs> I love that you can just trade. I know. <laughs> well, they can trade. They trade in like sports. Wouldn't it be fun? We could just these are teams. Yeah, <laughs> the queer team. Yeah, and, and the we, straight team. We have that. Yeah, okay. We have. I this, wonder how far down you'd be queer... on the list, Conan, for I people know. we want to trade. I know. Let's Aww. not get it. Oh, now I'm getting sad all of a sudden. <laughs> Conan. Now I'm getting I'm sad. So sorry, Conan. Because I know as a kid, I was always the last one picked for kickball. And I know it would be another one like that where oh. I'd be saying, no, no, I'm I'm willing to go over to the queer team and just a bunch <laughs> of people just uh, just saying, nah, we're good. No, we're good. We're all set. <laughs> we're okay, fact, Conan. We're, we're keeping Ray Conan. <laughs> You're keeping Roy Cohn? I swear yeah. to God, I'll do a we better are... job. No, I don't know. All right, here's a dick. <laughs> Let's see what you got. <laughs> oh, well, okay. This is college all over again. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it. I'm getting Katakai tattooed on my arm. That is my next step. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com/conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com/conan to save 20%. 
Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time, don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors, we carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night uh-huh. because I got a phone call from some guy saying uh, out of the blue, I answered it because I was literally waiting for an Uber. So I'm going to, I get this phone call and, um, I'm yelling at the Uber, basically. I'm already, before I even answer, hi, this is Leah. I'm like, yeah, I'm standing in front of the, I'm standing right here, blah, 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 where, right. blah, you know, where are you? And then the guy goes, is this Leah Delaria? I was like, uh-oh, okay, yeah, this is Leah Delaria. Well, I regret to inform you that Janine Garofalo has COVID. What? And, and <laughs> I'm not kidding. And that you're on a COVID list. And I went, um... Okay, first of all, I haven't seen Janine in probably two years. 
This right? is, but this is long COVID. Um, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is so, slow cook COVID. But when I, the last time I was in a room with Janine Garofalo, there was no such fucking thing as COVID. So right. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, right? So I don't know what's going on. And I'm questioning this guy again and again and again. But it's too late. He's called me on my phone. I've already said I'm me. Who is this yeah. guy? That's well, the other question. I don't know. But ever since I did, I've been getting all sorts of ads on my text oh, screen. Oh, no. So this guy... Whoever he fucking was. What kind of scam is this? I don't know what this scam is, but I'm not pleased about it. I've been getting all sorts of texts from Costco and from Home Depot and from all these places, none of which I trust, oh. all saying, you have, you've got a gift certificate for whatever. It's like, who oh, I need no. everyone to know that somebody's going to call you. And if they drop Janine Garofalo's name, <laughs> you're going to be a big fucking trouble. So that's the scam. So if you get a call that says you've got... COVID from Janine Garofalo, <laughs> it means that basically it's just Ikea coming for you. Basically, I've got, like, that's what I just, remember when I said yeah. I was just blocking. What do you think that is? Now, Sona, you're yeah. savvy about these things. I am not. Well, I am I not. But what do you think this is? What, does, did you talk to Janine Garofalo? Does she actually have COVID? I emailed Janine and, and got received nothing back. Okay. So All right. I don't know what the what the skinny is. Is it possible oh. that she is lending her name out and she's working for these companies? Oh. Is it possible that Janine is, because she has your number. How else are they going to get your number? I think Janine is making a lot of money, and I think certain celebrities. This is, so this, this is going to be the new cameo: <laughs> is celebrities who have other celebrity contacts saying, <laughs> "Call." Can, can you imagine Janine Garofalo doing that? By the way, I'm just laughing at the whole idea. Of oh, Janine she's going, laughing all the Costco? way to the bank. <laughs> Costco. I can get you Lena Larry's phone number. I'm I'm calling out Janine Garofalo right now. She is a genius scammer. <laughs> Gotta get sued. We're so gonna get sued. They're gonna have to find us first. But it was so. But that was that was part of it. Was like of all the names, why are you dropping Janine's name? It's just so weird to me. Yeah, that is really uh, strange. But I, yeah, I guess you got too comfortable. You were on the. That's a very vulnerable time when you're waiting for an Uber call. You're very vulnerable because if the phone rings, you're gonna pick it up. I did, and immediately started yelling at my Uber driver, which wasn't on the other end of the phone. Yeah. <sighs> But, but you use your real name for Uber? That's, uh, I do. See, that's your mistake. That's my mistake. Yeah. What name do you, because I usually, when I go into a hotel and stuff, I register as Ava Braun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you think oh I'm God. joking? No, I don't think you're joking. I, I think you're new. absolutely, because most people wouldn't get it. A lot of people wouldn't get it. And then the people that do get it would be horrified. But what are they going to do? But also laugh. Yeah. And then when I come in at the LAX, there's a guy standing there with a sign that says, Hey, bro. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Well, now, now we know that. You've just revealed that. You're going to have to switch that name. Up. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Who am I going to? Who was Mrs. Stalin? Uh, well, the first one killed the, himself. Oh, there's that oh. one. Yeah. Okay. And then that was actually the only one. He didn't remarry after that. He didn't that. remarry after she Imagine no one wanting to marry Stop. Stalin. <laughs> Imagine him. Imagine. He's, on, he's on a dating site. 
And they're like, what are your hobbies? I don't know, decimating <laughs> three million of my own people oh, through various farm collectives. Oh, let's hook up for they, maybe espresso. You know what? That's an app waiting to happen. The, the despot, despot yes. dating. Yeah, Mao is on it. <laughs> and Stalin's on it. Samosa. Yeah, they're all Kim on it. Kim Jong-un, yeah. you know, Putin. Like, I let's don't know. See. They seem The despot dating service. Yeah. Yeah. Hussein. Yeah. Sorry. And you know who's going to be, you know who's going to be the face? Janine Garofalo. Yeah. She's gonna, I know. Janine Garofalo is going to have all their numbers. I know she's very cool and I love Janine. She's a lovely person and, and uh, very talented, but there was a phase there in the eighties, late eighties, when mm. she was hanging out exclusively with dictators and despots. <laughs> And she, they would all come see her do comedy. It's, you know, I remember having a conversation with her once mm -hmm. about something very much like that, where she was like saying, you know, a lot of people don't like him, but Samoza, he can really <laughs> bake a cake. She was, he's quite the cake baker. She told me once, I remember we got in this conversation and she said, you know, you should give him Pol Pot. He's a good, oh, when he comes to a comedy show, he really gives it up. He's a he generous, really, he's, he's a, a generous laugh. You know how funny, I will say this, I will say this as a- That strikes me as odd about Pol Pot though, I will say. He that just he would let it go. a comedy show, it's crazy. You know, what's funny is that, uh, I, it just reminds me of something. I am like most of our breed, so needy for a laugh. If someone truly evil finds me amusing, it's hard for me not to like them. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight it, but I, you know what I mean? There, do you know I ever have that where if, if someone's really cracking up at you and you know that, wow, I really don't like that person, oh, yeah. but man, I'm killing them right now. You start to go, you know. I'll let so it they, go. So they killed four people. <laughs> <laughs> so they, it's an overcrowded planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my find, God. I can find reasons why. Oh. I don't know. Oh no, I. some people would say that they really liked Orange, for example, and we would be like, we'd all be on set going, we don't want them to watch the show. Oh, we were not right. happy about various people that were saying they were right, fans. Right, You know, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, uh, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for people who think I'm funny. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I know you've mentioned this before, but I love that, there was not even a character for you when you auditioned for yeah. Orange is the New Black. Yeah. You just made, through like sheer, just sheer force of your personality, right? Yeah, well, I, or, or Genji was smart enough to realize they needed a character like that. Right. And that should have been in the show in the first place, which is what I think happened. Um, as she describes it, she says, when uh, there wasn't a part for me in the show, um, she went, she, that's the, literally, literally what she said. There, why isn't there a part for Lee in the show? There ought to be a part for Lee in right. the show. Right, you should yeah. be there. Yeah. And it's funny, it reminded me that uh, in the original Andy Griffith show, uh, there was no, <laughs> I'm really taking us back here, but there was no Barney, if you can believe that. That's there was no, amazing. There was no Don Knotts, there was no Barney Fife, And they, uh, Don Knotts, I think, contacted, if I remember the story correctly, I think he contacted uh, Andy Griffith and said, Oh, you need me as your deputy, and and can you imagine that show doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't without exist Barney without Fife. Barney Fife, and so I think it's <laughs> yeah. the same thing where there's sometimes it just has to happen when the right person comes along, everyone knows it immediately. Mm -hmm. Oh, Leah needs to be part of this. Mm -hmm. Are you guys all close still? Oh or? yeah, we're still friends. Yeah, we still see each other. We still text each other. We still you know talk and stuff. I was just actually texting with uh, Prepon about two weeks ago. Oh, and yes. just. Having a combo, you know, out of the blue. She's one of those people who was coming on 
for that 70s show on my late night show in the 90s. And I feel like she was a kid. Mm-hmm. She was a kid. And um, so I have this place in my heart for these people that came on the show when they were, I don't know, 18 years old. Uh-huh. And I feel like their uncle or something. You know, if I ran into <laughs> so, her now, I would still feel like, well, how are you doing? You know, I'd probably give her an envelope with like $5, a Hallmark card and $5. Yeah. Crumpled. Yeah. Crumpled $5. Yeah, exactly. Has to be are you doing your studies? Are hey, you- <laughs> dude. <laughs> but yeah, so we keep in touch all the time. And a couple of people from the show and I are, are like, we're very tight. We hang out and, and do stuff together all the time. Vicki Tarver and... Um, um, uh, Emmy, Emily Tarver, that's so funny, mm-hmm. and Vicky Martinez, because now they're, I call them Lilith Fair because they're a, <laughs> <laughs> they're a dyke couple now and they they tour and, and they're funny and they play acoustic guitar and sing and stuff. So I just call them Lilith Fair, but uh, I hang out with them all the time. So you're in this great space now that, and I've, I've mentioned this sometimes to people, I always envy people that get to a place where you can kind of do what you want. And you're in that place now where you can be in this show, Head Over Heels, but you're also in a film. Couple films. Couple films yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, Potato there's a movie, Dreams. Potato Dreams of America. This is a really interesting little independent film that I think people are going to fucking love. It's really, it's been getting great reviews and uh, it's just a, it's just a quirky, surreal, independent film um, about a kid and his mom who immigrate from Russia in the 90s mm-hmm. to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And the the journey of that, and I play the kid's grandmother in Russia, and uh oh, so you need the accent. I didn't. I didn't. The way he did it, um, it's the story of the guy who who was the uh, the kid. Right. And he's the director, so mm. it's his story. Right. And he wrote it. He directed it. Does the whole thing. He play everybody and nobody in Russia has an accent. We all speak with. The, we're all Americans. We all speak like we speak. And it, yeah, yeah. And, and then it, when they go to Seattle. They're the ones that have really thick accents, which makes them seem even more like a fish out of water. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is- That's which a is cool idea. Do. That's a cool way to do it. I- yeah. I had a really cool experience with this. Um, it played at the Provincetown Film Festival, and John Waters lives in Provincetown. Um, it's He has two homes, one in Baltimore and one in Provincetown. He probably has a million homes, but those are the two places that he lives. And um, John- at, and I had become friends over the course of time. So he, there was, it was being shown at the film festival. I came in, uh, John comes in, we went down, we hadn't seen each other since COVID. So we were just talking about our experience, COVID, blah, 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 blah. And then I sat down behind John, uh, two, two rows behind him after talking to him for 15 minutes, the movie starts. We watch John stays for the whole movie, which is good. I'm like watching him more than I'm watching the movie because I want to see what he thinks about the movie. And so he's staying. And I've seen him. He he gets up. He goes. If he's he's not dig- he doesn't if like it. Not, if it's not gone. digging it, he just goes. He goes. So he stays for the whole movie. He stays for the credits, which is, again, unusual. He's staying for the Q&A, which is what's happening. So I'm up there for the Q&A. And he's the first one to raise his hand. And he goes, I have to tell you, Leah, I spent the entire movie going who is that actress, the one playing me, the Russian right. grandma. It wasn't until the credit rolls that I found out it was you. And so that was like, yes! That's fantastic. Nobody's That's great- ever said anything like that to me about my acting before. <laughs> I was really excited. And he was talking to you beforehand. I know. It's insane. So I've, and that's what the reviews are basically saying that you don't even realize it's her. 
because it's she just disappears into the character. Congratulations. Which is nice. That's so yeah. cool. So, but it's very funny. She's very funny, this character. She just mm-hmm. she's just the voice of pessimism in every situation. <laughs> so she's very funny, very dry. And a lot of this movie is really, really funny. So and it's been picked up for theatrical release. I believe it comes out in February. That's fantastic. Yeah. Is it uh, is it going to be in theaters? In Will theaters. It, okay. I, is, I hope theaters come back. I really do. I me want too. them back. Me too. I want to go see Dune in a theater. I don't want to even waste my time. Well, there's a couple of things like that. I haven't had time yet to go see James Bond, and I don't want to see James Bond on a television set. Who wants to watch James Bond on a television set? No, I got to see, yeah, again, I got to see Dune. I was okay with Halloween, though, with watching that on television rather than in a movie theater was fine with me. Yeah. There are some ones, and maybe, I don't know if it's an insult or not, and but there are some films where, yes, I'm definitely like, I'll check it out on TV. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. And then there are movies where- I just refuse. Yeah. I'm just, no, I'm not going to have, I need that experience. Some things, yeah. Like I can't see any space related anything on a TV. I want to see anything where they're in space, yeah. outer space. I want to see that on in a big movie theater. You want to be there. You want to yeah. be taken into Westerns. that experience. <laughs> Western, same thing. I want to be in the bigness of a Western. Were you surprised or, you know, because it's, I think it's often an assumption that someone like you can sing and then you do stand up and you're a stand up comedian there's an assumption that all stand ups they can transition into acting and it's really not true no not true at all it's not true at all i mean and in fact one of the i mean i could name names but i'm i've i've had many friends who over the years are terrific stand ups and they go into acting and i can see them they're checked out they're not present on the screen as yeah. the character. Yeah. And it bothers me because I think there's kind of a misconception that that's, yeah. that's what happens. You're a stand-up and then you become an actor and that's just what you do. And so many of them, almost what makes them a great stand-up is they, they are 100% them all the time. Mm-hmm. They can't sublimate who they are to a character. They can't you know, subsume themselves or dissolve into something else. How many stand-ups do you know listen? <laughs> Let's just start there. And the most important thing in acting is listening. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't get any of that. Anyway. <laughs> totally blanked. I wasn't listening. What was, was that? Huh? Yeah. Huh? So yeah, that's uh, that would be the biggest obstacle, I think, yeah. when it comes to that. But yeah. uh, you know, but then again, when I do stand up, I'm a very environmental stand up. I'm clocking the audience. I am listening. I am hearing what they're saying and what they're doing, and I incorporate them so much into into the stand up itself. Right. And you know, so I'm like, I'm less of a material writer and more of a just kind of being funny while I'm standing on stage. Yeah, and you you probably love doing crowd work. Love it. Yeah. That's what I do at universities. Yeah. I talk for about 20 minutes and then I take questions. And it's like, but that's an that takes an hour. Then you're you're off to the races. Yeah. And that's it. They just came, they stand up, they ask me any question they want because I'm very knowledgeable. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what very knowledgeable people say. Well I receive a lot of basically I have a tiny crystal that's been embedded in my uterus and it allows me to get all sorts of, you know, uh, information from the cosmos. Mm-hmm. I call it my beaver receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Are these available at Goop? <laughs> I think you can get these at Goop. My beaver receiver. It's $169. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. And you know whose face is on the package? Janine Garofalo. <laughs> God, she's good. <laughs> Janine, if you're out there, you're just a genius. 
And, and, and tell me about, you did this documentary, The Lesbian Bar Project. Uh, yes, that's- uh, And why was I not allowed to participate? Uh, you're so far down on the trading list. I mean- God damn it. Just, you know- It's not fair. I'm serious. It's, I'm, we took Ann Coulter instead. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh. <laughs> this is devastating for me. Like that, I'm standing there happen. like, does someone want me? Oh my uh, we'll God. take Ann Coulter. Come on. Oh my God. Can you imagine? They think she's sexy. Did you I see her depiction? Did you watch um, Impeachment? No, I haven't seen it yet. Impeachment's really good. I can't and wait. It's really, really good. I think it's beautifully cast. I think it's very, uh, I mean, I wasn't even, I, I thought, well, I know the whole Lewinsky scandal. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see that. I started watching it, my wife and I, and we were glued to it. But um, so she's played by Colby Smulders. Oh. And she's great. And she is sexy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know. Whereas, I Anne mean, Colt, no, yeah. none of those GOP people, uh, they all think they're so hot and it's like, ugh, dried up old Republican cooch. <laughs> Be like going down in a Trisket. <laughs> Screw it. Which gives a whole new meaning to cheese and crackers. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Can't stand them, <laughs> and I like triscuits. I, you just ruined another triscuits one. You'll never for me. Another one. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes, I will. <laughs> my God, that I'll, that image is going to go through my head. <laughs> just, oh my God! Oh man, I can't wait to get down there and what the hell? <laughs> Crunch! <laughs> Crunch! <laughs> Crunch! <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, yes. People are going to be pulling over. Anyone listening in their car right now has just crashed. <laughs> we've created, we've created so many accidents right now. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, the Lesbian Bar Project. Yes. Tell us about this documentary. Um, so in, in my youth, dyke bars were everything. That's where you went. It's where you met community. It's where you met, right. you know, it's where you went to dance. It's where you met people. It was a safe space. It was, of course, where I found pussy always. So um, <laughs> they were prevalent. So as the world has changed, as we've become, as a people, more accepted, um, we don't really need those kinds of safe spaces in the way that we used to. We mm -hmm. still need them. Don't don't get me wrong. But um, instead of having to go to a, a dyke bar, I can go to any bar sure. and nobody gives me shit. Right, I mean, right. of course, that's not true. 100%. We know that. But it's one of the reasons why they are waning. Lesbian bars are waning left and right. The other do you have reason numbers? Is, do you have numbers Yeah, I sure this? do. Uh, in the 1980s, there was close to 300 lesbian bars in the United States. There's now 20. It was 21. We just lost one. Oh. Wow. So there's now 20 in all of the U.S., so the Lesbian Bar Project was something I started with a couple of friends and um, which is sponsored by Jägermeister, uh, where we basically tried to raise funds to keep the remaining dyke bars in America open. Mm -hmm. And we raised uh, a quarter of a million. We made oh, 250000 Good for you. During the pandemic, which I think was really, you know what I mean? Yeah. From lesbians. I said that as dry as I could because, <laughs> not because we're notoriously cheap or anything, but- uh, <laughs> because we are fucking cheap as fuck. 
<laughs> and so the fact that we were able is that to a, get is that, is that real? I didn't oh, realize that, is that was so a thing. real. But you know, there are reasons for that. First of all, we are women, mm-hmm. so we do make less, less money than men. And right. it's two women making less money together. Um, you can almost make one man there with your with your <laughs> salary. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's you know, so the money the money can be the money is a tight issue, right, and right. Um, you know, especially if you're like really ardent dykes, and sometimes people don't want to hire you. There's this thing called discrimination. You might have heard of it. So uh, doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. So yeah. Wouldn't, so therefore, it, it doesn't exist. It wouldn't for you, straight white guy, would it? But um, so yeah. So uh, all that all that happens, all that comes together, and it's just it makes that's another reason why dyke bars are having a hard time being open because these the women don't have the money, and they don't have the money to go to the bar and keep it open the way we used to, um, because it was the only place to spend our money. We would go there. Now we can spend our money anywhere. So it's it's just a there's all sorts of reasons why this is happening. Well, it's interesting because so, you're saying, in the, in the one hand, you're saying that they've waned because there isn't the same need for them. But at the same time, it sounds like there kind of is a need. There is a need. And that's what I think. I think we, I think we fooled ourselves in thinking that there isn't a, a need for that. And I think that my younger generation, especially the younger generation, the younger queer generation, they don't mm-hmm. even want to be called lesbians. They want to be called queer. They're mm-hmm. gender queer or whatever the fuck that means. And uh, they just want to say, well, we don't want to just party with lesbians. We want to party with everyone. And I'm here to tell you that every now and time, and now and then, you just want to be with your own. Yeah. And I think everybody can relate to that. I don't think there's a person on the planet that that doesn't understand that. Right. And when you go uh, into a, that bar, like Cubbyhole is my home. That's the bar that I go to the most. And it's uh, in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's in the West Village. It is the best. It's the greatest dyke bar in the world, I think. But I know that when I walk in there, my shoulders just relax. Uh, the mm-hmm. weight of the world comes off me. I'm going to be there with uh, my family and friends, and we're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And I think the younger generation needs to clue into that to find that space that this is <clears throat> look this is where you can just be you and be with you be with your own and who doesn't want that i think uh, i see this with you know i have uh teenage kids and i see that and i hear through them that uh, and and i think you'd also have to just be completely blind and deaf not to know that it's in the culture but there are so many, so many categories now that you'd think it's it could be overwhelming for some. Oh, you're young talking people. about the alphabet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 sometimes I think the alphabet this is, soup. Yeah. Well, for, for uh, the only thing I, I would what, the only thing for me is I have um, whatever someone decides or realizes they are. I want them to realize that and be happy. But when people are very young. I, you know, I remembered it's just so confusing. Sexuality is so confusing yep. when you're 12, 13, 14. And sometimes there's pressure with this almost cosmos of choices. It's insane. And sometimes you feel like um, this is, it's hard enough to navigate at a time when there was, I'm I'm straight or I'm not straight. You know, now there's so much that I think it, Gay, it can feel- Gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, um, LGBTQ, uh, oh, that one's a good one. AI allies, uh, intersectional. By the time you're done dance, saying it, the fucking parade's over, okay? <laughs> and if we could just- <laughs> Oh my God. Where'd my parade go? I know, right? And it's like, it's like, 
if I just I'm I've always been queer. I'm one of those people. Queer is queer. I think queer handles everything. I say queer. I don't. You know what? You know what the Q in that stands for? The LGBTQA. It stands for questioning. Why do I have to oh. include them if even they don't know what the fuck they are? You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. So it just gets ridiculous here. Can we just call ourselves also by doing what you're saying? What what they think is inclusioning? It to me points out our differences rather than our shared oppression. And I think that's the shared oppression is what makes us a community. So I, I get it. I understand what they're trying to do. I just think they're going about it a little ham handedly Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with queer, but you know, what are you going to do? Right. You know, I'm a dyke. I'm not a lesbian. And the difference is about (laughs) (laughs) $500,000. Well, so in this that pro- was a class joke. <laughs> I, I know made a class joke. The, okay. uh, so in the so in the lesbian bar project, it's this is the story of how these bars used to exist. There used to be more of them, and and kind of uh, basically how you're trying to bring it back. How or- we're bringing them back, and how we're trying to keep them up. And we've actually, um, I'm not sure how much of this I can discuss, but this is going. There's there will be a series that that is going to be made from this, right? And I, it will be me going to every lesbian bar left in America. Oh wow! And you know, talking with the patrons there and, and and so on and so forth. I think that's that's the most I can say. Yeah, I can't say where, when, or any of that at the can we moment. Announce, can we announce that I'm going with you? Yeah. Oh. If, oh my God, that would be so funny. <laughs> I can't stop. Most people think I'm Conan. Jane Lynch anyway, so why don't <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, I'm here to help out. <laughs> I've got big ideas for this dyke bar. But that would be so- Trust me, I understand your struggle better than anybody. Wait, and I'm here to here to roll up my sleeves and get to work. Wait, wouldn't that be funny? It would said, be funny. So I brought Jane Lynch, and it's just Conan, and Conan just walks in to like not even wearing a Jane oh Lynch wig. I know there's this one called Hers in Mobile, Alabama. That's well, let's do wow. that there. Let's I'll just come. go. I brought Jane Lynch, and it'll be fucking Conan. I'll be it's there, so funny, and I'll just commit to it. Yeah, I, I improvise my part in uh, in Forty Year Old Virgin. <laughs> Um, it's really good to be here. <laughs> and my apologies oh my to Jane Lynch, who I know well and who is- uh, She's great. She's great and also so much better looking than me. <laughs> that is not a put down to Jane Lynch. She is, uh, she is gorgeous. Um, oh, you know what? This God. is a joy. This was yeah, really fun. Like just, I always have a blast with you. I really Back do. Back at you. That's I'm always excited when I know you're going to be around my friend. And um, yeah, I, uh, I'm just, I'm very happy for you because you have, you have figured it out. Uh, you have the world by the ass. I mean, it's just really nice. You can do whatever you want and you're just. Including Felch. I know. Like, <laughs> I've got the world by the ass. I don't know. And now I'm going to suck on its anus. Oh, my God. I almost spit out my wine. Is it Triscuit? Is it Triscuit involved in this move? Or is it, it, we have to go with a different cookie, I suppose. We'll figure it out. I got to go call my mom and say, skip this one. Like my mom's listening to a podcast. All right. Your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is that your mom, (laughs) Katakai? Katakai! As God made her. As God made her! Uh, Leah Delaria, you are an absolute joy. And um, please, please take over the world and run it. That would be a happy place. Oh. Seriously. That's, yeah. yes. As long, then, that means and, more people can get me things. <laughs> and please choose me. <laughs> Pick me. I swear I could help 
help your team. I really could. No. I just want to be chosen. I know. All right. I, this is to all the dykes that are listening to this. Do we want Conan? You can DM me. Okay, <laughs> please. And then you have to you have to let us know what the response was. I'm so gonna let you know. I know, <laughs> I know, and you know what? Lesbian DMs me and goes, We want Conan. I'm so glad you know. Good, good. I'm totally on board. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I've got my bags packed and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Leah, God bless. Be well. Uh, and please come back. This was anytime. so much. You're one of these people that needs to come back because we didn't scratch the surface. I'm in. I'm in. This could have gone so, on for way long. Let's do it. All right. Okay. But that you was, did scratch my back. I Nobody did. knew that, but Conan was scratching my back. It's a thing. <laughs> During it's, the whole show. It's called the Conan. It's a move. <laughs> and man, is it creepy. No one on any side of the spectrum <laughs> wants it. Look, I snorted. Conan made me snore. <laughs> he totally made me snore, y'all. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. in today's Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. I'd like to bring up some exciting news. Ooh, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's you just took the word that I used and repeated it. Um, this is a big deal in my career, anyway, which is for the first time in a long, long time maybe well over a decade, maybe 15 years I have a new headshot. Oh, you know, performers are supposed to have a headshot, yeah, and they've kind of gone out of vogue because it used to be you had to have a headshot. So when I had the late night show, I had a, you know headshots. And then all throughout the different incarnations of my shows over the years, over the almost 30 years, I've had headshots. And then I realized lately that, um, man, I haven't had a new one in a long time. And the one that I, the, occasionally someone will ask for one. Yeah. You go to a dentist and the dentist will say, hey, could you send me a, a, a headshot? Or you'll drop something off at the dry cleaner. And they'll say, oh, is it okay? Mr. O'Brien, if we have a headshot. Yeah, and, and you go, hey, do you want a headshot? You do that a lot when you go out. Places. Mostly I'm not asked. I do say, would you like a headshot? <laughs> yeah. And they say, why? And I say, please, would you please put a headshot up yeah. with me? He does that to every, us every time we come in. Yeah, yeah, I'm constantly begging people to put up a headshot of me. Uh, places where they really shouldn't go, like funeral homes and stuff. Oh, no. But anyway, um, my, my, the one that I've had is... I swear to God, I think it's from when I first went to Turner, which is like 12 years ago. It was old. And I think it hurts. I'm holding a newspaper, I think, that says uh, Obama wins historic first Ugh. run for presidency. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mistake. Yeah. I don't know why I was holding that paper, but it dated it very quickly. But there was one where you had a beard. Yeah, this one where I had a beard months. from like the transition to yes. Tonight Show to Turner and the tour. So some of them were very aggressively dated, you know, and I was leaning against- I remember it, a 2009 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> it's weird that this one just has the newspaper where it says QAnon Shaman gets 41 months in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I like a specific reference in my headshots. No, this one just came out because someone asked me for a headshot recently. And like I say, they, it's kind of gone out of style. Most people, I want to say it's older people that want a headshot. No young person wants a headshot. Um, it's usually an older person that's like, could I have a photograph of you? Yeah, I guess. That and makes sense. So, because everyone else just takes a selfie. Yeah. yeah. And then they, uh, young people want a selfie, but someone thought, well, we should get new headshots. This, ju this just came in. I'm a handsome looking fella. Let's see. Headshot. Let's see these. Look at that. Well, happens. I'll hold it up, guy. but oh, there yeah. I am. Look at that. Um, I'm holding my chin in a way that I never have in real life. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that. I'm thinking about something. Clearly the photographer said, you need to use your hand and put it on your chin. Uh, well, I actually don't think that's my hand. I think that's the pr that's a prosthetic dummy hand. It does look like a daintier hand than, than yours. Yeah. And, but I like that I'm wearing a jean jacket. I'm, I'm wearing my cool biology teacher outfit. Yeah. The hair is nice and up and I look... I look like a happy chappy. You're yeah. like, hey guys, look at me. I'm a nice guy. This yeah. is a solid okay. headshot if you want to go audition for some commercials. Like you'll get some bookings. Yeah. I think I would get bookings with this. And, and no, you, you're probably joking or doing one of your cruel jibes, Matt, but I do think this would get me some- I think so. Bookings. I look, uh, I look a little devilish too in this yeah. headshot. Do you think you look devilish? Well, I sort of look like I've, 
I just thought of something pretty kinky. Oh. <laughs> I have some, I've got some ideas in my head that may not be PC. Imagine if you put that behind a window and you're looking outside from inside, like that person's looking in at your room. Yeah. Right. Oh. This person's peeking. Let me see if I can do a peeking here. This is the window right here. Mm-hmm. And then this guy just comes up <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> Oh, no. Look at that creep peeking. Shark That's fin. a creep. Yeah, and then look at this right here. You're in the water. You're having a good time. Suddenly the whistle blows. Everyone comes running out, and this thing, this red fin goes by. Everyone screams, runs out of the water, and then slowly I emerge. I've noticed there are some performers that keep a headshot going for like 35 years. Oh. And so they'll be in their 80s, and their headshot is clearly from when they were like 40. We should do that with you. That's a nice one. Yeah, I'm just going to hang on to this. And as my head rots, which it will. Yeah, it will. The Irish do not age well. As my head rots like a uh, pumpkin in the sun, four months after (laughs) Halloween uh, in the deep south, I um, rots and festers. I will keep putting this out there. And the disparity between my real face and this youthful face will become more and more shocking and apparent. Yeah, it's a great photo, though. That's a good choice. I like it. I really do. I'm, I'm like happy that there's a new headshot. And I just want to say to all of our listeners, you've really got to check out the new headshot. How, um, how will they check it out? Matt, how will the listeners check out the headshot? Is there any way? Because this is too good a headshot for me to keep to myself. I I've agree. got to get the word out. Do I put this in a cylinder and we mail them out individually we across the nation? We used to do that. Or is there something that uses yeah. technology? We just yeah. If they just go to Team Coco Podcasts on Instagram, it'll be there. At some point. Now, I just want to say that I'm not responsible for posting those things because usually when these episodes come out, I get a lot of people going, hey, Gorley, where's the thing you promised? Hey, well, who's, yeah. whose job is it? I don't know. You have a whole team. Well, I know I have a whole team, but let's, I think Adam's here and he's supposed to be the grand poobah in charge of everything. Adam Sachs, are you here? I'm here. I'm always here. Oh, oh okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you just heard of a major malfunction and did nothing. <laughs> I wait you to are be the called on. The, no, I, uh, you, are the, you are the captain of the Titanic. You just heard that we hit an iceberg and you decided then you'd go and make yourself some creme brulee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, why, if we mention something, whose job is it to make sure that it goes on the Team Coco website? Uh, it's it's on Instagram and it's the, the marketing team. And it's, but it's our job. It's the podcast, you know, people who work for the podcast team to make sure that the marketing team uh, is aware that it's coming and that they have the right assets and that they know the timeline. And so- Did you say assets? You just said my headshot was an asset. <laughs> it is an asset. Have you seen the headshot? <laughs> do you really think, do you think this is an asset? They're trading that on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the new Bitcoin. This is the new Doja coin. NFT. Uh, yeah. And people, people. Uh, <laughs> I just bought, I just bought a luxury yacht for 900 Conan headshots. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, well, let's get on it. Please take that scene in Die Hard where they open the safe and pull out those bearer bonds, but it's a stack of Conan headshots. <laughs> yes, do that. Or, um, you know, when they open the, the briefcase uh, in Pulp Fiction yeah. oh. and light comes out, you yeah. come around and it's this, it's this headshot. I mean, you can have fun. <laughs> this is, I'm giving you ideas for ways that you can pass the time at home um, at your own expense placing my new headshot into awkward positions uh, <laughs> in, in great iconic moments. 
But um, I'm proud of it. I'm really happy. And I think this is my last headshot. I don't think I'm ever getting another one. Whoa. Why would I get one when I really look hideous and terrible? Um, I wouldn't. Well, so you're okay with being like 80 and then somebody says, can I have a headshot? And you're fine with giving that one? You bet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do I care? If anyone still remembers me at that point, I'll just be delighted. <laughs> um, it's true. Check it out. Go to the Team Coco website. And there's an, oh, a, there's no, a, no, what? no, what is it? No, what did I say? No. no, you go to the Team Coco Podcast's Instagram. Oh, sorry. Account. Go to Team Coco Podcast Instagram account, and there'll be a, there's an 8% chance <laughs> that my headset, that my headshot will be there. Fingers crossed. Because that's about as good, that's, that's, that's optimistic. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Becton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate <laughs> is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, and a vehicle. Mm. Or with Nest Doorbell, even a package. I can't tell the difference between those things. That's incredible. <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you get 30 days of event video history. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitor. And go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC.